the reason we have an obligation to confront anything that leads people away from the truth of God is not for any other reason than the fact that we love God and we love people. If you're confronting lies because you love being right, then you're doing it wrong. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Valley, and uh, today we are continuing in our verse-by-verse study through the book of Acts, and we're actually picking up in Acts chapter 13, verse 5. Uh, So before we launch in, uh, let me just give you some introductory information to kind of get you caught up with where we're at uh, so far and what we covered in the last lesson. So uh, in the last lesson, we covered the opening of Acts chapter 13, where Barnabas and Saul, uh, they were sent by the church in Antioch as missionaries, uh, and they actually went to the island of Cyprus, right? And this had been directed by the Holy Spirit and confirmed by the church during a time of worship and fasting. And so in the last lesson, we talked about the importance of worship and fasting and how they bring unity and help to align us with God's spirit, right? And so uh, that's what we saw happen. Uh, We also, uh, just as a reminder, they had left uh, and taken Mark with them. And Mark actually journeyed with them from Jerusalem. You might remember back in chapter 12, when Peter was released from prison, he goes to the house of Mark's mother, right? So Mark was there and all that kind of stuff was going on. But when Barnabas and Saul came back from the Jerusalem area after providing famine relief, they had brought Mark with them. And now they take Mark with them again on their missionary journey to Cyprus. So we can kind of see that Mark was probably some sort of like a help or assistant for them because they're taking him with them. And so uh, anyway, that is where we are so far in Acts chapter 13. So we're going to pick up in verse uh, 5 today. And before we start reading, we're going to read from verse 5 to verse 12. And the question I have for you to have in your mind as we're reading, is this question, how do you know when the enemy is speaking? I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about demons, right? I'm talking about all that stuff. How do you know when the enemy is speaking? What's what's one of the ways you can know that? So have that question in your mind as we read, and uh, let's pick up here in verse 5. So it says, Arriving in Salamis, uh, they uh, proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and they also had John as their assistant. And when they had traveled the whole island as far as Paphos, uh, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish, a Jewish uh, false prophet named Bar Jesus, uh, who was with the proconsul uh, Sergius Paulus, uh, an intelligent man. And this man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, that is the meaning of his name, uh, opposed them and tried to turn the, pre- the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elymas and said, You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil and enemy of all that is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You are going to be blind and will not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And then when he saw what happened, the proconsul believed because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Okay, 
So uh, let's look at some of the key points we see here. Because there's, a, again, kind of a lot going on. But we really want to focus in. And what we're really going to focus in on today is Paul's rebuke of this uh, Elemis, uh, also known as Bar-Jesus, right? Uh, and Bar-Jesus literally means son of salvation. That is what that name means, right? Son of like Lord salvation is kind of that meaning. Uh, and yet we see him doing just the opposite. Uh, he's not being a son of salvation. Paul calls him a son of the devil. Uh, and so he's, Paul's rebuking him by playing on the meaning of his name, right? Uh, but anyway, we're going to look at some of the points here because we want to we want to see uh, uh, we want to again. We've been thinking about that question: How do we know when the enemy is speaking? Right. So let's go ahead and break this down and just examine a little bit more closely. So the first thing we saw was that the governor Sergius Paulus, right? He wants to hear the gospel. He hears that uh, Saul, aka Paul, and Barnabas are, are are going through the island. They're preaching. Uh, they're teaching the gospel of Jesus. And so he actually summons them and says, "Hey, I want you to share with me what you're teaching everybody." Right. Uh, and we saw that in verse 7, right? Uh, he summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of the Lord. And here's the thing about the gospel, okay? Because, again, the governor here, he wants to hear them preach the gospel to him. And the thing we have to remember is that the gospel is straightforward and clear. This is really important in understanding Paul's rebuke of uh, the sorcerer, right? Of Bar-Jesus. Um, the gospel is straightforward and clear. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, We have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the word of God, but commending ourselves before God to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth, right? And so in his letter to the Corinthians later on in his life, Paul's writing and saying, listen, like the way we preach, like it's not tricky, it's not schemy, it's open, it's honest, it's, it's before all people, like we just, we lay it out plain and clear. We don't scheme. We don't trick. We don't, uh, we don't entice. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. We lay it out clearly because the gospel is straightforward and clear, right? God doesn't make it hard for people to understand, right? He wants people to know the truth. Uh, in first Timothy two, verse three and four, if you go look it up, you'll see that God uh, wants all people to come to an understanding of the truth. Why would he make it confusing and difficult? He doesn't, right? He makes it plain. He makes it clear. And so many scriptures teach us that. Uh, in Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 8 and 9, right? You guys might know this passage where it says, you know, if you believe in your heart and, and, and uh, uh, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved, right? So simple. And before that, it says, this message is not too hard to understand. It's not so high and lofty that you can't reach it. In fact, the message is very close to you. And so these passages reinforce this idea that the gospel, it's straightforward and clear. Uh, God doesn't, he's not tricky. Uh, he doesn't complicate his message. He doesn't make it difficult to understand. In fact, he does quite the opposite. And so that's the message. Keep in mind that the governor is asking to hear a message that is straight and clear. Okay. Uh, but Bar-Jesus tries to turn the governor away from the gospel, right? We saw, and then we saw in verse 8, it says uh, that the sorcerer uh, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith, right? Bar-Jesus' actions were a typical example of the work of the devil. That's what we're seeing here, right? Uh, and again, if we're staying in 2 Corinthians and we go around to chapter 11, verse 3, it says, Paul is writing again in the same letter, right? And he talked earlier 
like, hey, we, we don't make the message difficult to understand. It's actually quite clear. It's actually quite simple. Uh, the truth is laid openly before everybody. Uh, and here, later on in the letter, he says, I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And those words sincere and pure in the original language, they carry this idea of, of simplicity and purity and, and, and a nature that's uncomplicated, right? And so uh, the devil is always trying to lie. And that's what he, Paul is concerned with for the Corinthian church. In that letter, he's saying, look, I, I, I'm fearing for you. I'm concerned for you that the devil, in the same way that he deceived and tricked Eve, that he's going to do that same thing. And he's going to seduce you away from the simplicity that's in Christ, right? And so the devil is always trying to lie. He's always trying to distort and overcomplicate the words of God in order to misdirect, confuse, and blind people. And, uh, and so that's what we're seeing, the same actions of of this bar Jesus, this Elemis, uh, this sorcerer, right, who works for the governor. And the governor wants to hear the truth of the gospel. The gospel is straightforward and clear. And yet Elemis is trying to misdirect and, 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 and steer the governor away from that. And he's trying to contradict uh, Paul and Barnabas, right? And so then that brings us to Paul's rebuke of this guy. Because uh, the third point we see here is that the Holy Spirit, right, Holy Spirit working through Paul judges bar Jesus. Uh, this Elemis guy, um, he judges him, and as a result, the governor is saved, right? So Paul's words here highlight the huge difference between how God speaks and how the devil speaks, right? And again, we go back to verse uh, 9. It says, But Saul, who's also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood straight at Elemis and said, You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil. And again, that's a play on Bar Jesus' name because Bar Jesus' name means like, you know, son of salvation of the Lord, right? Uh, it, it, it's like, I mean, Bar literally means like son of, right? And so son of Jesus, right? And so obviously Jesus didn't have a son, but Jesus' name means that God is savior and he's salvation. And so that name Bar Jesus would have meant the son of salvation. And Paul's like, you're not a son of salvation. You are a son of the devil, right? Uh, why? Because you're doing what he does through deceit, through trickery. Uh, he says, won't you ever stop, this is verse 10, won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? And so that's Paul's rebuke. He's like, look, the, the path of the Lord, the truth of the Lord, it's straight, it's plain, it's clear, and you're complicating it, and you're perverting it, and you're twisting it. Won't you ever stop? And that's his rebuke. And it's the rebuke of the Holy Spirit, really, against this bar Jesus guy, this sorcerer guy, right? And so, again, Paul's really highlighting this huge difference between how God speaks and how the devil speaks. And again, the question we've had as we've been reading this passage, how do we know when the enemy is speaking, right? And we're beginning to see that difference between God speaking and the enemy speaking here in Paul's rebuke. Because God loves truth. Uh, he loves simplicity and clarity. Uh, but the devil loves to obscure things. He loves to confuse our understanding, right? And so from this encounter, we can learn to differentiate between God's voice and the enemy's voice. Maybe here's a simple way of thinking of it, right? Because God's voice what does it sound like? It sounds like a person laying things out straight and clear, right? Now, the catch to God's voice is that uh, you may not always like what he is saying, 
right? And that's sometimes why people don't listen to God. Not because what he's saying isn't clear and plain, uh, but because they don't like what he's saying, right? Uh, but God's voice sounds like a person who's just laying things out straight and clear, right? Whereas the enemy's voice sounds like a person who speaks in like technicalities, right? And again, go back and think of the, the story of like the serpent with Eve and Adam in the garden, right? The serpent's like, well, did God really say that? Maybe he actually means this. You know what? I bet what God really cares about is this and he's not being honest with you, right? And so the devil speaks. He doesn't speak like somebody laying things out straight and clear. He speaks to somebody who's like, well, technically this and technically that, you know, it's like a, it's a way of speaking that's full of schemes and, and loopholes, right? The catch here is that you may often like what the devil is saying, right? Because the devil is encouraging you and saying things to you that are aligning with your own kind of frankly selfish desires. And so oftentimes, you know, it's kind of like that friend going, hey, I know, you know, when you're a kid, right? Like, hey, I know your mom said you couldn't have a cookie, but maybe she meant after dinner. And this is before dinner. I bet your mom won't mind if we have a cookie before dinner because she didn't specify when you couldn't have a cookie, right? And then as a little kid, we're like, well, I do really want a cookie. So I, I think you're making a good point, even though mom's direction was pretty straightforward. No cookies, right? But we didn't like what mom was saying. And so it's similar like that, right? It's a simple way of thinking, how do I know if the Lord's speaking? How do I know if the enemy's speaking? You know, when the enemy's speaking, it's schemy, it's technical, it's full of loopholes, and it's aligning with what you kind of selfishly already want. But when the Lord's speaking, you may not like it, but it's straightforward, it's plain, it's clear, and it's often very simple, right? And we see that in Paul's rebuke. He's like, the Lord's paths are straight and you won't ever stop trying to pervert them. And so the Holy Spirit rebukes and judges uh, this bar Jesus guy for this, right? And so from Paul's example, uh, we are also exhorted. And again, the word exhort, what does it mean? It means to both encourage and challenge at the same time, right? And so we are exhorted by Paul's example to confront confusion and misdirection as God's Spirit leads us, right? And the Holy Spirit will lead us. Again, if we're, if we're following him, if we're in step with him, uh, when there's an opportunity and a need to confront misdirection and the confusion that the enemy is bringing to people's lives, the Holy Spirit will lead us in doing that. And so we're really exhorted by Paul's example to confront those things. Um, as children of God, let me just put it this way, we have an obligation to confront all attempts to mislead people from the truth of God. Okay. As children of God, we actually have an obligation to confront any attempt to mislead people, right? Uh, furthermore, love for others is actually what compels us to advocate for their chance to hear God's truth, right? And so we're not confronting um, attempts to misdirect and confuse and mislead people from God's truth because we care so much about the truth and we care so much about everyone agreeing with us and having our same point of view and voting the way we think they should vote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, we confront misdirection. We confront any attempt to lead people away from the truth of God because we love people. You understand that? Not because we love being right. If you're confronting lies because you love being right, then you're doing it wrong. The reason we have an obligation to confront confusion 
and misdirection and anything that leads people away from the truth of God is not for any other reason than the fact that we love God and we love people. And our love for, for people is what motivates us to guard them from being led down crooked, destructive paths. So I think that's what we're exhorted by Paul in his example today. Uh, so let's think some more about that. I have some questions for you as you're, uh, if you're like in a group setting, uh, let me just give you some questions that would help you kind of discuss this and apply some more of this in, in conversation with one another. So uh, first question I have for you to discuss is, you know, what stood out to you in the story, right? And I've, I've, I've uh, outlined a lot of things that stood out to me, but what stood out to you? There's a lot really kind of going on there. So what stood out to you in the story? Let's talk about that and see if the Holy Spirit stirs up anything else uh, for us to examine. Uh, how can we learn to identify when confusion and misdirection happen? Right, that's a great question for us to discuss. And then how can we know when we are right in confronting someone or something? How can we know when we're right in confronting something or someone, right? Um, you know, we're going to land on different ends of the spectrum, all of us, on confrontation. Some of us are highly confrontational and, frankly, probably need to shut our mouths more often than not uh, because we don't need to be confronting the thing that we think we should be confronting. Some of us are too timid and afraid to confront anything, and so we confront nothing. And we need to be more confrontational because we're in situations where the truth has to be defended and people have to be defended from going down crooked paths. And so we got to become more confrontational, right? And so, um, you know, we're all going to be in that, on that spectrum and we're all going to have different answers to this question. But how can we know when we are right to confront someone or something? So let's discuss that in our groups. And then uh, something I just encourage you to pray about today when this lesson is over is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any confusion or misdirection in your own lives, right? Um, so that you can see more clearly to help others. Sometimes we're not in the right place to help others find the truth because we ourselves are so confused and so turned around on the road. We don't know what direction we're going. So we wanna ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any confusion or misdirection that we're experiencing in our own lives so that that can be corrected, straightened out, and that we're actually in a place to help other people find that straight path of the Lord's truth as well. Okay, uh, and then the devotional question I have for you uh, this week, uh, and again, uh, if you go on our website, hopevalley.church/devo, uh, I write every Wednesday kind of a longer uh, devotional, uh, kind of digging into this question. But I'm just going to give you the question now, so you can be thinking and praying about it this week. Um, you know, sometimes we confront a situation not out of love, but out of defensiveness. Um, that's for some of us often true, right? We're not confronting because we're being loving. We're confronting because we're defensive. And so uh, first question for you to think about in your devotional time this week is, can you tell the difference between those two? Or do you know the difference between confronting out of love and confronting out of defensiveness? Uh, how might you need to humble yourself so you can learn to confront in a way that pleases God and serves people? Okay. Uh, think about that question this week. How might you need to humble yourself so that you can learn to confront in a way that pleases God and serves people? All right. Uh, think about those questions. 
uh, Journal about those again on Wednesday. Um, you can go on our website, hopevalley.church/devo, and have devotionals there for each of these questions uh, to think more deeply about them. Spend time with the Lord. Let Him reveal some things uh, to you. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope you have uh, a blessed week, and uh, that you're able to join us again in our future lessons uh, here coming out. So. Uh, just be blessed today, and we love you. Bye. We are so glad you have joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church/house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.